back to Tay Learning. My name is Olivia. My name is Danny, and we are your co-hosts. So this week, we have a very fun little episode for you guys. We are going debate style. What's next? 1989 Taylor's version or Speak Now Taylor's version? Dun, dun, dun. Because our girl Taylor is leading us on for both, I feel like. (laughs) She absolutely is leading us on for both. And I don't think that that's an accident. I'm pretty sure that the misdirect is one of her favorite things to do. So even though we're about to debate this topic, it's a dub for us either way. Like, yeah, I feel like both of our true feelings are, I could buy either one. And I will. I will buy either one. So just so you know, we are going to bait style and we're going to be like versus each other. And we are going to fight in the trenches for our specific team. It does not reflect our true feelings. We're just doing the debate for fun. My true feeling is I try not to have an opinion because I get sad. <laughs> I I don't know how I feel because she is a curveball master. Like, do I think that reputation is going to be the next re-record? No, I do not. Would it be totally off of the table for her to do that because it would be a massive curveball and frankly yeah. fucking hilarious? Yeah. That, she would totally do it. It's not off the table. Would it surprise me? No. <laughs> no, no. It would surprise me like more than Speak Now or 1989. Yeah. But I would be like, oh, Taylor back on her bullshit again. Taylor gets me with all her surprises though. So like it is what it is. I don't, I would bet money. I do not think it's going to be debut. I think she's <laughs> saving that one. And I love debut. I don't think it's coming next. No, I feel like debut only fits best being last. I think so too. I think it's going to be the one that has the least amount of hype. And I think she wants to ride the massive hype wave that she has right now. And if debut comes next, it'll kind of bring that down a little bit. Not that I hate debut, but it's it's just a matter of fact. Yeah, it has has the least amount of hype for sure, even though it definitely is underrated and deserves more hype. But beyond that, the point of the re-records is so that people can, in their minds, ethically listen to Taylor Swift's music without giving any money to the bad men. So if debut is her least streamed album, which it objectively is her least streamed album, it wouldn't be advantageous for her to release it soon. And it's a cute little bow on top of everything at the end of this is where it started and this is what finishes it. I hope not finishes everything. I mean, the re-recordings. Yeah, the re-recordings. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just like deeply afraid of Taylor waking up one day and being like, I think I'm I'm good. Now do I I take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. (laughs) Olivia will take any opportunity to bring up the lakes. I love the lakes. So what we've decided to do is we, uh, it's pretty apropos, but we picked 22 argument points of why we think, (laughs) of why we think which album is going to be next. And even though I'm a 1989 girly to my very core, I am arguing that Speak Now is going to be the next re-recording. And Olivia is arguing that 1989 is going to be the next recording. And Olivia's favorite Taylor Swift song of all time is on Speak Now. And my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time is on 1989. How funny. I know. So we're kind of switching here, switching it up so that we can make these arguments. And I think part of it is, at least for me, if Speak Now is next, I win. But if 1989 is next, I still win because it's my favorite album. So I think that's probably how you feel too. Yeah, I mean, Speak Now definitely isn't my favorite Taylor Swift album, despite having my favorite Taylor Swift song on it, which that doesn't sound right, you know, (laughs) but that just is what it is. But that doesn't mean I'm any less nostalgic for Speak Now. I will eat up anything that girl gives me. So except no matter what for girl at home. But luckily, it was padded by all too well, the 10-minute version, you know? Yeah, Taylor's version of Girl at Home was not better for me. It was almost worse. I, I almost prefer the original. So. Oh, my God. Who yeah. are you? I was thinking about this. We talked last week about how High Infidelity sonically sounds like it would be a red song. But she was in her Girl <laughs> at Home era when yeah. Red came out. And now she's in her uh, High Infidelity era. I was thinking about how before that should have said no on debut was also very girl at homey and like yeah like it's very black and white and clear and now she's like do I really have to tell you all the details of how I wanted to cheat on you come on you're so annoying literally it's like it went from (laughs) cheating is wrong black and white to cheating isn't wrong if they're your soulmate (laughs) yeah do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life like you were that boring (laughs) (laughs) and that makes me so sad because if it is about Tom Hiddleston. I love Tom Hiddleston. 
Yeah. She says the worst thing you can do to someone you love is never loving them enough. Also, we'll do a deep dive eventually. That one's going to be a fun deep dive. I'm sure. So we're going to do this, like I said, 22 topics, and we're going to order them from we would bet our lives that this is some sort of an Easter egg to we wouldn't bet a single penny that this is an Easter egg. It's just a coincidence. So we're stopping at 22 because we could probably go on forever. And 22 seems like the right number. Some need explanation. Some don't need explanation. Let's go right into it. Olivia, what would you argue? Round one. Okay, so First I'm draft pick. nervous with round one because I know you're number one and I don't, I can't argue against your number one. Even my number one doesn't match your number one. I understand that. However, my number one is the all too well short film that came out in November of 2021 with Red Taylor's version. The car that him and her drive around in is a 1989 Mercedes. And when somebody pointed this out on TikTok, being like, oh my God, Taylor, mind blown, Taylor commented and said, won't stop being cryptic and weird. I mean, that's got a Taylor confirmation on it. Mm-hmm. Rather than like actually debating and arguing with what Olivia's posting, because we could go on forever about that oh kind of God. stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to list mine. My first draft pick for Speak Now is in the Bejeweled music video, which is one big Speak Now Easter egg. You knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. Olivia knew it was coming. She has pins in her hair that say TS on them. And then randomly in the music video, they switch to SN. And while the SN is on her hair, she winks at the camera. She does do that. That is pretty intense. And that was, here I am like debating your side. And she (laughs) was like cut to that clip in the little teaser Mm -hmm. for the Midnight's era. So that was interesting. Yeah. Up next, we are still on the all-too-well short film, the all-too-well book that the character her writes. The cover was greatly inspired by the 1989 edition of Alice in Wonderland. If you haven't looked that up yet, highly recommend look up Taylor Swift all-too-well book cover versus the 1989 Alice in Wonderland, they are almost identical. Same color, light blue with a tree and then a splash of red. Like This is especially significant, not just because it's the 1989 edition, but 1989 has a song called Wonderland in the bonus tracks, which has a ton of Alice references in it. So it's just like very multi-layered. Wonderland, you and I got lost in it and we good my number two is and you knew this was coming too bejeweled music video baby oh the yeah elevator buttons the 13 button is a vibrant purple and if you haven't seen the bejeweled video or you haven't caught this 13 13 albums she currently has 12 including her re-recordings and midnights and they are colored the buttons are colored in order of the albums themselves and she confirmed those colors canonically in the taylor swift cinematic universe with the bejeweled bracelet and so the 13 button being a vibrant purple while the deep red and vibrant yellow represented red taylor's version fearless Mm -hmm. taylor's version all of this to say that's a pretty big giveaway for me plus the floors are indicated on the elevator like ticker thing above it yeah those colors yeah that one pretty big one Mm-hmm. But I will say, in the Bejeweled music video, she spends a long time on floor five in Teal, 1989. Is that your number three argument? Album. Honestly, it is an argument that I forgot to put on my list, and I'm adding it now. <laughs> well, my number three is the 1989 singles. Wildest Dreams was released in September of 2021, and it was in response to the slow Zoom trend on TikTok. You see me in hindsight, tangled up with you all night, burning, it's down. This is the first Taylor's version single that we got without a Taylor's version album. This is before Red Taylor's version came out, after Fearless Taylor's version, but it was also featured in the Spirit Untamed trailer, in March of 2021, before any Fearless Taylor's version songs came out. So it's just kind of interesting that 
if 1989 isn't coming soon, why is she releasing these songs? Mm, Okay. My next point is that she does press that little three button of the elevator. She presses it. She presses it. It's purple. Speak Now is her third album. That's kind of self-explanatory. There's lots of Bejeweled stuff in here. I'm sorry if you're listening. There's a good chance you already know all of this. But the Bejeweled video to me seems like one massive Easter egg. So we're just going to break it down point by point. And there you go. She presses the number three. Yeah, she she threw a lot at us in the Bejeweled music video. (laughs) My next point in support of 1989 is Glad the Streams wasn't the only Taylor's version 1989 single she also released this love in may of this year 2022 and she released this for the amazon prime show the summer i turned pretty they could have used any of taylor's love songs but taylor specifically released this love taylor's version from 1989 presumably taylor's version at some point in time in the future for this show just mm. a little sus it is sus my next argument again we're back to the bejeweled video it opens <laughs> it opens and closes with string like bridgerton-esque versions of enchanted and long live both of which on speak now and also i hope that they're featured in bridgerton's next season I think enchanted like violin style would be amazing in Bridgerton. I ate up wildest dreams in season one. That was also like during the absolute sexiest montage I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it made it romantic. It made it, yeah, it made it romantic, even though like if there weren't music, it just looks like softcore pornography and yeah. Oh, they're not communicating with each other. But they're having a lot of sex. This is problematic. And they love each other. Wildest dreams. Wildest dreams change the tone. <laughs> Shonda, hear us good. We want more String Taylor. Bring us String Only Taylor. Only String Taylor. That's it. Don't need anything else, honestly. And you know that Taylor Swift watches Bridgerton because I feel like the visual video was influenced by it. And Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're Bridgerton stands. <laughs> I love Bridgerton. Anywho, my next point. We're still on 1989 singles. Because Bad Blood, Taylor's version, has definitely been recorded. And while it has not been released as a single, officially, it was featured in the movie DC League of Super Pets in July of 2022. She's she's putting those 1989 tracks out there. Kendrick better come back. I know. <laughs> like, I don't love the song until Kendrick Lamar is on the song. How many times are we going to talk about Kendrick Lamar on this podcast? More Never than I thought. I mean... At this point, like, the amount that you talk about Kendrick Lamar and how much you love 1989 is how much I talk about hating Girl at Home. So it is what it is. That's fair. I love Kendrick. (laughs) Bitch, I'm Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) So my next argument, we're still on the Bejeweled music video because obviously the video for Bejeweled dropped 12 years to the day that Speak Now was released. Now, that's like... You know, it doesn't quite hit her penchant for the number 13. I get it. But it's still a very Taylor thing to do is releasing it on the 12-year anniversary of Speak Now. And it begs the question, a year from now, on the 13th anniversary, is that when Speak Now would come out? Mm -hmm. You know? Depends on how long she wants the Midnight's era to be, I guess. I hope she gives Midnight's, like, a true era. I hope so, too. Because I know you're excited for the re-recordings, but I want each album to breathe. I'm traumatized about Lover, Folklore, and Evermore not having time to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know that Lover not getting its full air really, really hurt you deeply. (laughs) Which I think Lover would have been an example like Reputation, where what sealed that album and being as good as it was for everybody would have been the live performances that she had planned. You know she had an epic show planned for that album. I'm just happy that I didn't have to hear a tour open with promise that you'll never find another like me. She would have said that for the end though. Oh, probably. But like, is there another song on that album that was built to be a tour opener? Ready for it? Designed to be a tour opener. Lavender Haze, designed to be a tour opener. What on Lover would have been designed to be a tour opener? Maybe we should do an episode where we fantasize about the Lover tour. Design our own (laughs) Lover fest. Yeah, I think we should do that. (laughs) Build your own lover fest. Build your own lover fest. All right. My next one is during the Fearless Taylor's version era, when her signed CDs went on sale, 
she sold them for $19.89. I specifically remember realizing this because I took a screenshot and sent it to you and said, $19.89 is next. And you were like, what? And I'm like, look at the price. And you're like, oh, shit. Yes, I recall. Okay. (laughs) So my next argument was that Laura Dern in the Bejeweled music video says, speak not, you tired tacky wench. And come on, speak not. Speak not. Speak now. (laughs) Speak not. (laughs) Up next, I have a Taylor interview during the Red Taylor's version era. She was on Jimmy Fallon right after the album came out to promote it. And she was talking about her history of Easter eggs. And she said, I think that it is perfectly reasonable for people to be normal music fans and to have a normal relationship with music. But if you want to go down a rabbit hole with us, come along. The water's great. Jump in. We're all mad here. And I remember when this happened, I, it felt like an Easter egg. In our Easter egg episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, me and Danny talk about how a lot of Taylor's Easter eggs you don't understand until the thing actually happens and you can look back. But a lot of them, when it's happening, if it just doesn't feel right, if it feels out of place, it's likely an Easter egg. And to me, this Alice in Wonderland reference felt out of place. It felt forced. It felt like she knew she had to hit these points for her Easter eggs. And again, just like the 1989 edition of Alice in Wonderland, like this is a reference, I think, to Wonderland on 1989. So definitely felt like it was like a checkbox for her to make sure she mentioned in her interview. The timing was definitely weird. My next note, and I'm pretty sure this is my last one that I have. No, it's not the last one that I have for the Bejeweled music video, but it's the last one that I rank pretty highly. The music video ends with dragons flying around and long live is playing like come on um had the time my life fighting dragons with you it just it felt pretty on the nose to me then that's kind of just i'll leave that one there not not any deeper interesting that the music video closed on that and that's the closing song for speak now it is. Or maybe she's just a big House of the Dragon fan, okay? Maybe. That was my immediate thought because this came out, like, what, the day after the finale of House of the Dragon? So my brain was like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift watches House of the Dragon. I didn't make the fighting dragons with you line. I was like, she although, clearly watches. <laughs> although we know she clearly watches because Reputation was in- inspired yeah. in part by <laughs> Game of Thrones. So you know she's sitting there feeling naughty about it, but absolutely shipping Rhaenyra and Damon, and that's that yeah. on that. Yeah, my brain was so much in, like, my TV show fandoms watching Bejeweled that I miss a few things on the first watch, like, down to when Enchanted was playing on strings in the beginning. My brain just automatically assumed it was Wildest Dreams because it was Bridgerton. (laughs) I just didn't even (laughs) notice at all because I was paying attention to the ridiculous dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) I would bet money that Taylor Swift has said the exact phrase, fuck Kristen Cole. The House of the Dragon reference, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Up next, I have another interview because Taylor Swift is crazy. So in April of 2021, she was on Stephen Colbert to promote Fearless Taylor's version. And Taylor created a mood board to show Stephen a bunch of pictures of him basically. And their like banter back and forth was he was saying that, oh, I know Hey Steven was about me. And she goes, "Mm, I don't know, but I made this mood board for you that has your name and hearts all over it. So I don't know. (laughs) And this mood board is packed with a bunch of shit. First one being the top left photo is an old photo of Stephen Colbert that comes up when you Google Stephen Colbert 1989. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. That's niche. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to hear Hey Stephen and not think of Stephen Colbert now. (laughs) So my next argument is about the Capital One advertisement that just came out. The first Taylor that we see or speaks, especially, I guess you see a couple at the same time in the advertisement that just came out for the Eras Tour, basically, and for Cap One itself is speak now Taylor. In 1989, Taylor is next to her dancing, but she does speak first by turning and saying, you're being too loud, which is funny, but. You're being too loud. 
and she's prominent she's prominent throughout she's prominent throughout the whole advertisement like speak now taylor speaks throughout it and is like narrating as they go along so okay 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 i uh olivia looks sh- ad. Joke. and uh there are some 1989 eggs in there so oh my god are we gonna go beyond the 22 <laughs> This is a this is another one like me adding on for bejeweled like you know what just th- yeah just throw them in and then we'll keep going with the list. Okay, so on this ad, someone has a phone. I literally have it in front of me because I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to look this up. <laughs> There's just so many Easter eggs in the world. Okay, <laughs> so someone's holding a phone and they're advertising Capital One travel and they're booking a flight and the flight is flight 1989 there's a suitcase behind his mom and daughter who are making a purchase with their capital one card is for sale it's for sale for 1989 of course it is like 1989 is floating around in the background of this really really hardcore the biggest problem with 1989 easter eggs is that it is also the year that she was born and so you never know when she's paying homage to her birth year or the album you don't know like is she treating 1989 easter eggs like it's an album easter egg or is she treating it like a 13 easter egg mm-hmm. i don't know so it's kind of difficult but make reference what was the next thing on your actual list the next one is a lot more solid of an argument let's hear it uh, <laughs> the glitch tiktok so in september 2021 this is a month before red taylor's version is supposed to come out Two months. Taylor po- yeah, yeah, you're right. Two months. I forgot about October. What the heck? You're Anywho, <laughs> Taylor posted a TikTok of her painting her nails red. And she has text over top of the video that says, you set a date in November with red, but then someone mentions 1989. And she like looks around and looks behind her and it transitions to her outside in a light blue dress and light blue is the color of 1989 she has 1989-esque sunglasses on and then the tiktok glitches it's very obvious glitch and then taylor takes off the sunglasses and winks some people are arguing like oh my god that was a confirmation of the song glitch and it totally could have been it is the clip that's used for glitch on spotify I also am a firm believer that sometimes coincidences happen or she gets inspiration. Like what if she saw people commenting, what does the glitch mean? And went glitch. So (laughs) my next argument also has to do with the capital one advertisement. Still the (laughs) lady in the elevator, when she gets in with all the tailors, she is wearing a speak now VIP tour badge. That's sus. (laughs) That is sus as hell, baby. What you doing girly? (laughs) My next one is piggybacking off of the glitch TikTok. You mentioned that that glitch TikTok is the Spotify video for the song Glitch on Midnight's. It's pretty good. My next argument is that in the TS Antihero Challenge on TikTok video that Taylor Swift or Taylor Nation posted, she's wearing a Speak Now dress, a tour dress, the tour dress. Yes, she's got 13 on her hand, like I mean, it could just be for the Eras tour. Like, what if she comes out wearing an outfit from each and every single tour? That would be awesome. That would be so fun. But awesome. I think that would, okay, small tangent. If she did that, I would die. Because if you haven't listened to any other episode with me and Danny before, Danny and I were really big fans in the beginning, had this weird kind of disconnect during like reputation and then came back into the fandom. With that being said, when we were fans, when we were young, we couldn't afford to go to a concert. And then when we were adults, we weren't interested in a concert. And so this upcoming tour is going to be our first Taylor Swift concert experience. And I think it would be really, really special if she kind of took elements from every tour. And that's our first tour. I think that would be awesome. And also, this is the first tour that I could ever afford. Even like when Loverfest was coming out, I couldn't afford those tickets. So it wouldn't have been on the table for me anyway. So up next, I have Taylor's acceptance speech for the Las Culturistas Culture Awards. Taylor submitted an acceptance speech video for an award, and fans quickly noticed that behind her, in her apartment, she had a 1989 Secret Sessions sign from the original 2014 Secret Sessions hanging on her wall. Like, she made a point to record her video there, where it was very prominent and very visible next to her. I remember that. I remember that. That stirred the pot. 
it did stir the pot like girly (laughs) you know what you're doing okay so my next argument is when Taylor announced herself when she announced herself the era's tour it started with enchanted to announce what the heck was that girl seems again pretty on the nose and I can leave that one at that My next one is in regards to the song on Midnight. It's called Question. Can I ask you a question? Taylor samples Out of the Woods, a track that was originally on 1989. Like, you can't deny that is straight from Out of the Woods. I remember. I remember. My next argument is about Taylor Nation's announcement from the tour. We have a feeling these memories are going to break our fall. Is it the end of that post? And what does that sound like? Oh, we know exactly what it sounds like. Uh Lyrics from Long Live made these memories break our fall. Which, shameless plug, if you have not listened to our Long Live Deep Dive, we do have it posted. It was one of our first few episodes, so go back and listen to it. It was a lot of fun. It's also one of our most popular episodes of all time. Yeah, it's like it's cons- a really good one. Consistently stayed in our top five most popular episodes. People yes. love Long Live and the deep dive is pretty good. Next, I bet you think about me music video. So this came out in November 2021, right after Red Taylor's version came out. And the setting for I Bet You Think About Me is at a wedding. And Taylor Swift has a scene where she's next to the wedding cake. And the wedding cake has five tiers. 1989 is her fifth studio album. Not even to mention this cake. The very first top tier is just covered in 13s and 26s. 13 is Taylor's lucky number. Still haven't figured out what 26 means exactly. Like people were thinking like double album, like stuff like that. The next two tiers down kind of have typical wedding cake designs that doesn't really seem to allude to anything. If you've noticed it alludes to something, please let us know. Nothing stuck out to me. Um, The next tier down has designs that are like the red ring. And then the bottom tier is covered in seagulls. And for those who don't know, seagulls are on the cover of 1989. It's a very typical 1989 symbol. Pretty good. Uh, I also have one for that music video, but I'm going to save that for later because of where my my tiering works. My number 13 argument, because I feel like that's about where we're at, is... (laughs) When Red Taylor's version was released in her Instagram caption, Red is going to be mine again, but it has always been ours. Mine. You are the best thing that's ever been ours. But this love is ours. Cute. <laughs> So obviously another Speak Now Easter egg is that the logo for our sponsor's anchor is purple. So obviously an Easter I'm really bad at segues. And if you're listening to this and you said that was bad, you're right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Let's hear from our sponsors. They keep this podcast alive and going. You can also keep this podcast alive and going by sponsoring us. And you can find the link to that in the caption for this episode. All right, so my next point is still in the I Bet You Think About Me music video, and it's still about this dumb cake, okay? So when Taylor, like, grabs a handful of the cake with her hands, it's very reminiscent of the Blank Space music video when Taylor stabs the cake. So in I Bet You Think About Me, the cake is a red velvet cake, so the inside is red, and it has white frosting, so when she grabs at it, it exposes that red interior, And in blank space, the cake also has white frosting. And when Taylor stabs it, it bleeds red. Okay, that's pretty good. (laughs) Let's see. My next point, someone on Twitter suggested that Taylor is releasing her re-recordings in the order that they are mentioned in the Lover Deluxe Journal notes. And so far that's been true because Fearless is mentioned and then Red is mentioned. And the next one, according to that theory, would be Speak Now. So we'll see how right that Twitter user is. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I surprisingly have not read the lover journals. Really? Yeah, I need to buy them. (laughs) Anywho, 
My next point in support of 1989 was at the NYU graduation speech. Taylor opens her speech with, Hi, I'm Taylor. Let me just say, welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. Welcome to New York is the opening track for 1989. And like, yeah, you could argue, of course, she's going to mention Welcome to New York because it's the New York University graduation. But like, did she have to? It's a 1989 reference, like it or not. It absolutely is. This one I'm really excited about. So because it's niche. The song Long Story Short on Evermore. Right down the rabbit hole, long story short, it was a bad time was an Easter egg on Spotify when Evermore was released because the little clip, the image that they show on Spotify was her at the red TV photo shoot. We didn't know it at the time. That was a retrospective Easter egg, but that was a red Taylor's version Easter egg. It was track 12. Speak Now would be the next album if this theory is true again, because on Mad Woman, track 12 on Folklore, There's nothing like a man what a shame she went by. She is in a purple dress. That was true as of April 9th. <laughs> so it's been a minute, but she was in a purple dress mm-hmm. for Mad Woman on Folklore. So I don't know why 12. And again, not her iconic 13, because it feels more likely that's where she would leave Easter eggs. But that one's niche. And do we know if that folklore dress was a part of the folklore photo shoot or not or was it random i don't think it was hold on i'm gonna pull it and see if it's still there like this no all of her songs now are um i don't i don't know all of her songs now are midnights related which makes sense but back in april she was wearing a purple dress interesting interesting Mm -hmm. we're getting into like the reaches now oh yeah oh yeah so this my next point I can't argue specifically that it supports 1989 over Speak Now, but it definitely supports why this is a hot debate. The old Taylor merch collection. (laughs) When she dropped 1989 and Speak Now merch, just randomly. What the heck, Taylor? Like, she knows that this is a hot debate in the fandom of which one is next. And so she's just like, here's both. She's just kind of being a bitch about it. (laughs) Taylor, I love you. Next on mine is the Eras Tour poster looks a lot like the single poster for mine from Speak Now. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Her standing and looking over her left shoulder. Like it's almost exact. It's very similar. No, I skipped three. Well, okay, then so me, uh, I skipped some because I guess I was just really excited to talk about the glitch TikTok. So <laughs> I completely skipped over <laughs> some important points from the Stephen Colbert interview well get give them give them to me like going back and forth again so yeah, give me one back in them. time back in time so back to the collage she made for hey Stephen but not hey Stephen you know uh, <laughs> so this collage has eight hearts and nine stars 89 1989 that's pretty good <laughs> okay this this one's kind of a reach And it also has like 1989 undertones. So I'm going to make an argument for your side too here. So the hairstyle that she has in Bejeweled when she lands on that level, that's very 1989-esque. The dancer looks like her in Wildest Dreams. It's it's giving 1989 vibes. Yeah. Her hairstyle at that point is very reminiscent of her hairstyle in the Mean music video. But the outfit is very Wildest Dreams music video. I know, I know. That's why I have kind of an argument for both, but just throwing that out there in the ether. Mine is still Stephen Colbert because there was a lot of info here. And, you know, apparently I was bored with it. So <laughs> in this interview, Taylor specifically calls out her 1989 album, not just like a 1989 year reference, but she talks about the album. She says to Stephen, Hey, Steven is not about you any more than my album, 1989, is about that year you spent waiting tables on the lunch shift at Scoozy. Damn, Dragon. Directly calls it out. Like, she's just like, 1989, 1989, 1989, the whole interview. Mm. When was the interview again? Um, it was April 2021 to promote Fearless TV. Okay, so this one's also niche. 
during the TikTok where she says, this is a clock, it's a clock. And she announces <laughs> that her vinyls and CDs turned around, put together, makes a clock. She points to the numbers 10 and three. Midnight's is her 10th album. Speak Now is her third album. I know 13 is her number, so it's probably more likely that, again, we're at, like, my scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. Easter eggs now, but we're she does point now. to 10, and then she <laughs> does point to three. There you go. Lovely. I'm reaching. <laughs> my back hurts from the reach. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> my last Stephen Colbert point is when this interview came out, somebody tweeted Taylor's mood board saying... Am I overanalyzing this? And Stephen Colbert retweeted it and said, I don't think you're overanalyzing this at all. Okay. But at the same time, this is, I think that point is kind of reaching because I feel like a lot of talk show hosts and a lot of brands and companies kind of take advantage of the Swifty hype and hype us up in a direction, even if they don't have confirmation by Taylor, they just want interaction. So of yeah. course they're going to like encourage Swifties. And I don't think Taylor necessarily has her hand in everything that everyone does. If that makes sense. Yeah. So this one was actually a suggestion sent in by a listener. So a listener's suggestion is circling it to the, I bet you think about me music video. Mm -hmm. just like you were tell me that music video is not giving speak now and then taylor posts the tiktok saying the chances of your wedding being ruined by a psychotic ex are low but never zero yeah that's like not speak now the album but speak now the song the song mm -hmm. bingo oh yeah i see yeah. it interesting though that speak now was on the cake <laughs> okay so my last subsection is my stretching section so this is for the joker and the queen music video which is a song by ed sheeran featuring taylor swift and they are buddies and they wrote it together they have a long history of collaborating on music together and because they're such good buddies of course he's gonna let her you know throw some easter eggs in the music video and confirm that like easter eggs are valid there's like like the girl main character is doodling 13s everywhere all the time like these are taylor swift easter eggs you know so one of them is a lot of things in this music video appear in sets of five five being the significance for 1989 because it's the fifth studio album examples being there were five windows on the house and there were five Dorito chips on the plate. Mm. Fives. Mm. Lots of fives and five's not her number. And five Dorito chips. What the <laughs> heck? Who, who only puts five Dorito chips on their plate? Yeah, nobody's going to stop at five, mm -hmm. okay? That's not even the serving size. Mm -mm. <laughs> so my next point, and again, we're reaching, we're reaching, all right? She recently had to do a defense of her songwriting. I say recently in like general terms. This year, in January of 2022, she had to defend herself for her songwriting, which is something that was really prominent during the fearless era of people yeah. saying who actually writes these songs. It cannot possibly be this teenage girl. So mm -hmm. it's very reminiscent of that. And in January, Damon Albarn, who is the frontman and primary lyricist of the rock band Blur, went ahead and talked shit about Taylor because that's always yeah. gone well for people who have done that making fun of her songwriting and that she doesn't write her own songs. And there's a difference between being a lyricist and a co-lyricist, whatever. Yeah. So she tweeted at him saying, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try to discredit my writing. Wow. In another tweet, she said, P.S. I wrote this tweet all by myself in case you were wondering. He ended up apologizing to her not long after that on Twitter, but her entire like public appearance protocol in 2008, 2009, that was like the thing was who actually writes this music. Yeah. John Mayer made a joke about it when he pre presented an award to her like with jest, but that's what inspired Speak Now to be entirely written by her. And in part why I think the title of the album is Speak Now. I like that. I like that take. So it was definitely like a big selling point of Speak Now is she took no co-writers. Mm hmm. So the fact that she had to defend her songwriting in this big year in 2022, very, very speak now-esque. Love it. My last point 
is also a really big stretch. We're still in the Joker and the Queen music video. There's a scene that shows a text message thread on a phone. And this text message exchange is verbatim what a real text conversation between Ed and Taylor was while Taylor was on the 1989 world tour in Japan. And the phone in the music video shows that the texts are time-stamped at 5.35 p.m. This could be Taylor referencing 1989, her fifth studio album, and Speak Now, her third studio album, but she did five twice. Ooh. So five, three, five. Mm. Mm, you know? Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you, Olivia, were not kidding about it being a reach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but my last one is a reach too, so let's get into it. My number 22 in the all-too-well short film, Sadie Singh's character is shown crying on the floor and then in her bed wearing his, the character his, plaid sweatshirt. And let's tie this into Last Kiss somehow, because in the Last Kiss mm-hmm. music video and lyrics, mm-hmm. the beat of your heart, it jumps through your shirt. I can still feel feel your arms, but now I'll go sit on the floor wearing your clothes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I don't think I mentioned this in the All Too Well short film analysis. That scene, she like is sitting on the floor crying, and that's exactly what I thought of too, was Last Kiss, because that's one of my favorite pictures that Taylor paints in the song Last Kiss of I'll just go sit on the floor wearing your clothes. All that I know is I don't know how to be something you miss. That's like, since I was a teenager, one of my favorite like mental visuals, I guess, that I got from the song. So amazing. I thought about that too. I thought of the White Horse music video. But <laughs> so funny. So, I mean, she likes those recurring themes a lot uh, throughout her music and her visuals. Again, a reach, a reach. I know, I know. Speaking of Last Kiss, I am so afraid of the re-record. I'm going to panic stream Last Kiss before it comes out not to give money to the bad men but because i need hey, to hear her one shit. stream is less than a penny so it's true i'll do more than one stream though because i need to hear that shaky breath i need the shaky breath i need it it's a beautiful day and something reminds you you wish you had stayed you have it on vinyl you can ethically do it and just send me a snapchat of it and i'll just keep replaying that snapchat video but like i need it i need it yeah, and because you know she was crying in the studio while recording it. You can hear it in that shaky breath because you can't, like, fake that. I'm so happy that her life made the big turnaround because, as we know, and we talk about in our episode, The Muse is Joe Jonas, mm-hmm. it's good that her life has taken, like, such a big turnaround where something that absolutely shattered her in a way where she was crying in the recording booth, and now she's sending their babies presents. Exactly. She's buddies with them. I love it. Love that. I love, love that it, Love them. it. Yeah, so, go listen to the Muses. Joe Jonas is a good episode. It is. A, it's a really good episode. And we recorded that and released it right before the announcement of Midnight's. So we had no idea what was to come. I know. After our debate, and I loved your debate topics, where I feel like I have landed is that I think Speak Now is going to be next, but I don't think it's what she wanted. I think she wanted 1989 to come out next. And I think that the Shake It Off lawsuit that keeps getting pushed back, that will probably end in her favor realistically. I think that that is impeding her ability to release it. So that's why in the Bejeweled video, she stops on the 1989 floor and like enjoys it, but then has to end up going to the Speak Now Taylor's version floor because she realizes that it's not going to be logistically possible because our legal system sucks and the Shake It Off lawsuit is just a ridiculous one. Which also, speaking of the lawsuit, I didn't know this, a couple of people in the band that's suing her for this, or I guess the representatives of the band, are two of the Cheetah Girls. Yeah, important to note, 3LW, the original band of Players Gonna Play, they don't necessarily condone this lawsuit. It's mm-hmm. the writers of the song that are, like, hounding it. But, like, 3, 3LW, they are, they are Taylor's side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, so. ab- it's the writers. That's an important note, yes. Mm-hmm. No hate to 3LW and or the Cheetah Girls themselves, but I just was like, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. Are, those, are those two members of the Cheetah Girls? And it was. That's what that's where I've landed. That's what I think is going to happen. Do I know when? No. I hope that Midnight's gets its full era. It deserves one. I also know that people like mankind's two greatest weaknesses are the neck and nostalgia. And so people are nostalgic for Speak Now and 1989 and people will not rest until they are satiated with the past. Yeah. Yeah. I 
100% agree with you. I think the original plan was 1989 and that wasn't going to work. So then she started dropping more Speak Now hints. I think that ultimately the Bejeweled music video confirms that Speak Now is the next re-recording and the next album period. I mean, the button of the 13th floor in the elevator was the exact same color as the three button, which was the representative of Speak Now. So some like tidbits about the shake it off lawsuit this began back in 2017 and it was ended when a federal judge deemed the lyrics to be too vague for copyright issue and of course it was appealed and reopened in 2019 and this is just like really really brief summary we'll do a deep dive with like way more information later during this appeal the federal judge decided that the final ruling will be decided by a jury instead of a judge. And Taylor's team is pushing against um, getting a jury involved because the process, I guess, is a lot longer than if a judge were to just decide. But the judge is like really like hardcore, like, no, a jury is going to decide. And the date for that trial keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I think that's it makes a lot of sense as to why 1989 is also being shoved back. It blows my mind. It, it would be distasteful, like to just release "Shake It Off" Taylor's version when she's having issues with it. It's not going to look good for her court if she does that. It, it would be bad press and bad in the court. And mm-hmm. it, it's just—it's so crazy to me that a jury is the preferred method because it is impossible for people to be impartial because people are either going to sit in that jury and say, "Oh my God, I hate Taylor Swift. Maybe she's the problem," blah, blah, blah. and then other people in the jury are going to be like, "If Taylor Swift asked for my firstborn, I would give yeah. it to her." So. It's people impossible. already have preconceived feelings about Taylor Swift. Like everyone, it's very rare for me to find someone that just feels very neutral about Taylor Swift. So like pulling in a jury, I don't think is fair in this case because it, you're going to get people that love her and people that hate her. And regardless of the information that's presented to them, they're going to vote in favor of their preconceived feelings. Maybe that's why the process takes so long because sourcing a jury is really, really difficult. Yeah. And time-consuming, and they probably do ask those questions. They have to find people who are impartial, yeah, which is hard to do because that's going to be one of the filtering out questions: is how do you feel about Taylor Swift? And Taylor Swift is like it or not divisive, so it's going to take forever for this to get settled. I'm personally sad about it because I love 1989 and would love to ethically stream it. On the other hand, I'm really excited about the prospect of getting to hear the story of us in her mature voice and getting to scream it ethically. Yeah. I mean, my favorite song is on speak now. So, and the vault tracks are going to be juicy. You know that they are, especially like, after I what have should have. Yeah. I don't think the vault tracks for 1989 are going to be juicy. They're going to be amazing pop masterpieces, but they're not going to be juicy. And um, what have could have should have has me feeling some type of way. So <laughs> uh, speaking of feeling some type of way, what are we talking about next week? So next week, we're going to continue on with another installment of the Muses series. This week, we are going to focus on Jake Gyllenhaal and all of the details of Taylor's, what she likes to call, roller coaster relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Her red relationship, if you will. Jake Boring Hall. literally like danny and i have both already done the research for this episode and we just think he's boring listen to it because we have we do unpack a lot about the red album but yes like his personality is like nothing a lot of good information and there's like a lot of tea a lot of gossip can't deny that there but man he's boring (laughs) and that's that's okay because the episode isn't exactly <laughs> and that's what matters most if he can't have any personality then we will backfill for him <laughs> <laughs> and it's always great to learn about taylor's past too especially the muse for one of her best songs of all time all too mm-hmm. well 10 minute version specifically the 10 minute version especially yes. the 10 minute version <laughs> well i mean it's fitting it's been a year since red taylor's version came out yeah. And the flames are back on John Mayer. So I think it's a good time to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal and really tie a bow on that story and move on. Exactly. What did you learn this week? Something that I learned that I did not know before was that the glitch Spotify video is the 
only Spotify video for Midnight's that wasn't specifically filmed during the Midnight's era. She used her TikTok for that, her glitchy TikTok. I did not know that. I forgot something on my list. I'm seeing it now and I forgot it. <laughs> hit it. Hit us with it. Because <laughs> you talked about how this was also 1989 evidence, but uh, the signed CD for Red Taylor's version sold for $20.10, mm, yeah. 2010 Speak Now release year. And and the font for that was in purple. Oh, hey, the font for that was in purple. I completely and forgot And this was that. when her entire entire website was in red for Red Taylor's version. And the font was very distinctively purple. Yep. I completely forgot about that. Well, I didn't yeah. forget about that. It's on my list. I just skipped right over it. <laughs> I didn't notice that the woman in the elevator in the Capital One advert was wearing a Speak Now VIP badge. Went right what over my head. I was so focused on all the other Taylors <laughs> in the elevator and how one of them does not look like Taylor Swift. And yeah, my debut focused. Taylor. What happened? <laughs> well, there's like one behind her that's like side-eyeing and I'm like, that is not Taylor Swift. That That's Tyler Swift. Tyler Swift. Beautiful. Well, this episode's coming out in the middle of all of the ticket drama because uh, pre-sale tickets went on sale yesterday. So did Cap One. Today, you might be getting access to some season ticket holder or... Good luck out there. Yeah. Good luck. We hope you get tickets to everything you want to get tickets to. And we will talk to you next week about Jake Gyllenhaal. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media, TikTok and Instagram at Tay Learning Podcast, Twitter at Tay Learning, drop the podcast. And always you can send us an email, taylearningpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to DM us. We try to respond to as many as we can. We hope you enjoyed 1989 versus Speak Now. Choose your fighter. And I can't wait to revisit this episode once she actually announces her next pre-recording. I'll talk to you next time. Why did I say that? I don't know. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Jake Boringhole. Okay. <laughs>